Welcome to the Fabulous 413. I'm Cleese Smith. And I'm Monty Belmonte. It's Wednesday. And the extraneous N in the middle of the word wetness day stands <laughs> for nerd. It makes it sound like it's real damp. Wetness day. Wetness day. That was a, good, a couple days ago, actually. Oh, no. It's been most of this year. Let's not get into it. We're going to talk about fun nerd things. Yes. Coming up, we'll talk with comic book nerds Tim Blessed and Mike LaRiccia about the new comic book they have authored and illustrated, Planeta Blue. And... Khalees is going to nerd out about tabletop games that might just be perfect last-minute gifts for the game-playing nerd on your list. Hey, that's me. But first, our word nerd. Emily Brewster, resident wordster from Merriam-Webster, our dictionary in Springfield. It is almost Christmas, and there are all sorts of Christmas carols on the radio with all sorts of lyrics that don't make as much sense in 2023 as they might have when they were written. As opposed to all of us participating in Whamageddon, where I, I have died. Yeah, Khalees <laughs> lost Whamageddon. That, all those lyrics, last Christmas I gave you my heart, the very next day you gave it away. For those who don't know what Whamageddon is, if you hear Wham, George Michael old band's version of that song last Christmas. It's y- their song. You lose. Yeah. But no, but I would just mean like Lucy Dacus has a version. You don't lose Whamageddon if you so hear So does Taylor Swift. Yeah. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Have you lost Whamageddon yet, Emily Brewster? No. Wow. Well, we're going to fix that. No. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to ruin. We no. are going to make everybody lose it during this segment. We're not. Okay, I promise not to use Wham's version of Last Christmas in this segment. There you go. (laughs) But Emily Brewster, let's talk about some fun words that have to do with Christmas because people have been celebrating it for an awfully long time and the language has changed since the beginning. It has changed since the beginning. Even some of the more recently written Christmas songs do use some kind of old-timey language. And I think it's because one of the pleasures of the holiday season, and Christmas specifically, is this idea of it being related to a past when lots of other people were doing similar celebrations over many, many years. And linguistically, there's something really interesting about the fact that All of the words we're going to talk about right now, except for one, are Germanic. This, as we have talked about before, the English language is at its core a Germanic language. But the one word that is not Germanic still came from them. And that word is the word Christmas itself. So where does the word Christmas come from? I can see the Christ part of it. And the mass. It means more Jesus in Spanish. Christmas. (laughs) Feliz Navidad. Well, they were affected by the Roman Empire and later Christianized, as many parts of of Europe were. So it's Latin, but it comes after the earliest Latin influence on the island that is England. But the word Christmas comes from the impact that the Christian church had on the Germanic dialects that came over to island. What does the word literally translate into? What does the the mass come from? It, it's not That's like the, the, the Catholic mass. Or is, is it? It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's the religious service. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Why don't we have two S's yeah. in it then? Because that's how you spell mass. Yeah. Well, you know, English spelling didn't stabilize until really, you know, well into the eight, yeah, 18th and in some into the 19th century. So it probably did have two S's at some point. It's, you know, there's a long history of, of English smushing its words together and dropping some letters along the way. So it's accidentally a portmanteau. It, yeah, yeah. It's the, you know the same process by which we got holiday. 
Holy Holiday. Day. Yeah, that one it I knew Holy about. Day. Right. What's some other fun Christmas words, Emily Brewster? Much. Maybe you should sing. Should I, should I ask you to sing if there's words? That yes. You know what the... Please. Okay. Yule. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a carol Make for... the Yuletide gay. Yuletide for Roll yes. Tide. And I have some ideas of how to do that. We did that a couple weeks ago. We, we did. We did a lot of making the Yuletide gay. We try. Do you know the history of the word y- Yule? Um, he was an another bald actor of note. Etc. 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 No, I don't. Yule Brenner. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, no, Yule was the name of the ancient winter solstice festival that predates Christianity. The Old Norse festival was, um, it's spelled J-O with a macron over it. That's the line L. And it was a, you know, a pagan midwinter festival. I think it's also so, a vape pen. With a U. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get you. Yeah, Proper U. Yeah. Why Yuletide? Or is that another portmanteau where it's like Yule tidings? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have to do with yeah. surfing during the holidays. It's the little Saint Nick, little Saint Nick. Well, the Yule tide no, is high no, today. No, 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 no. Alabama. I mean, tidings. Yeah. <laughs> tidings tide. are. Do you know what tidings are? Tidings of comfort and joy. Keep going. <laughs> no, that's all, that's all I do. Yeah. That's just greetings, right? It, it's 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 um wishes. Yes, it, that's that contextually that is an excellent guess at what it means, but it actually means news. Oh, oh yeah. And it's related to the word betide. Betide means to happen to. Tidings are happenings. It's news. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied. So you can think of the the angel who is comforting the shepherds who are so terrified at seeing an angel in the middle of the night while they're out with their sheep. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I hear that in the voice of Linus. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Lights, please. To yeah. the credit of those shepherds, angels do have a lot of eyes and wings and weird places. So, like, of course they're afraid. They were so afraid. Yeah, they're not Nothing, cute oh, naked babies. Like, Nothing's uh, supposed to look like yeah, that. Yeah, they are horrifying, terrifying creatures if you read the Bible, which is awesome. It makes me like them more. Right? If, like, if we're staying by that, it's no wonder why you moved on from making those sorts of things to like, huh, maybe we'll just like tone down on the extra pieces for a while, see if we can get around that. Right, right. And we've kind of culturally conflated them with Cupid. But these angels were were bringing tidings of great joy, which means news. All right, how about God rest ye merry gentlemen? Can you do that one, Monty? God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Whenever that was. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, Oh, tidings of come. Comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. And joy. <laughs> oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, there's no cha-cha-cha at the end of that one. There should be, though. <laughs> you put cha-cha-cha at the end of all of them. You should. Put cha-cha-cha <laughs> at the end of every song. So in that first phrase, God rest ye merry gentlemen, what do you think the word merry is doing in there? Uh, making people who don't like to celebrate Christmas uncomfortable. Right. When we say Merry Christmas, that does that there, too. But the word Mary here is not doing its typical thing. Mary is usually an adjective, right? Have a have a Christmas that is Mary. In this case, Mary is not describing the gentleman. It is describing how they rest. Ah, so like have it a is good an sleep. adverb here. Has it always been Mary in that line, or was it? Did it used to be merrily, and we shortened it so that the meter works better? No, I don't think so. The song was written with that. So God rest ye, Mary, comma gentlemen, yeah. as opposed yes, to God rest right. ye, comma merry gentlemen. gentlemen. That's right. So we can think of it as you know, may you gentlemen rest rest happily, may you rest merrily. 
I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a much better line. But it doesn't have the jaunty rhythm. Yeah, you God have rest to... ye merry, gentlemen. <laughs> you spruce it up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we can bit. swing it. All right, this one's a little a little quieter. Well, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child. Round yon. John Virgin. He was a portly kid that I went to school with. Round John Virgin. Uh... Yeah, I think we're just going to let that one sit there, Monty. Okay. Yon is a shortened form of the word yonder. Yeah, like over there. Yeah. Not like a really tired or bored virgin. No. (sighs) It means yonder, meaning at some distance over there. Sometimes it's spelled Y-O-N-D. But in the song, in Silent Night, it is round yon, Y-O-N. The idea of vision is key to this word. So we actually define it as at or in that indicated more or less distant place, usually within sight. Where does the round part come in? Like you're going to go around over there, the virgin? Well, I mean, it's gather around. I, I thought it was implying to gather round. Or is she round because she's got a baby in there? No, the baby's out. Maybe not yet. No, the baby, baby's definitely out. <laughs> yeah, because I understand is... it as being all is calm, all is bright around them. Yes. Okay. Also, this was in German originally, right? So it's all translated into English. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Stille Nacht. I learned that from the Muppets. On December 24th, 1818, the curate of a parish in Oberndorf, Austria, Joseph Moore, gave a poem that he had written to a friend of his, Franz Gruber. All right, hark. Listen. Hark the... Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So Hark the Herald Angels Sing, by the way, it's not H-A-R-O-L-D, like it's not a name. I used to think it was when I was a kid. But um, boom, boom, for calling. basically, herald angels are messenger angels, right? They are, they are heralding something. And Hark just means listen. It's usually used as it is here in the imperative as a command. Hark, the Boston Herald Angels Sing. I'm surprised that the Herald never really used this as like a, a winter promotion. Maybe they do, but I think the Herald doesn't really care about people. I so mean, maybe they could do it. They could do it. Shots <laughs> they, fired. They could do something like, we're going to raise money for kids and we're going to call it the Herald Angels. Nah, we're just going to put a tabloid on the front page. Wow. But before we leave Hark, do you know what activity it relates to? I'm going to say golf. No. Like no. four... No. No. Hunting with dogs. Yeah. So when you would tell your hunting dogs to hark back, it meant you were you were telling them to return along the path or retrace the route because when they've lost a scent. Are you sure the word isn't bark that you're trying to look for there, Emily <laughs> Rooster? We're talking about dogs. <laughs> they don't usually need to be yelled at to bark in, in my very limited experience with dogs. <laughs> All right. What about deck? Well. Are you going to sing? Deck. The halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Decorate. Yes. It sounds like it's a shortening of decorate, but actually the word decorate and the word deck have different origins. Hmm. Decorate comes from a Latin word meaning ornament. And deck, again, not Latin. It comes from a Dutch word meaning to cover. Oh. My favorite line in that particular song is troll the ancient Yuletide carol. That is the most archaic line ever. That's the basis of a children's book I have percolating in my head. I'm going to talk to acclaimed children's book author Khalees Smith about this. I'm not acclaimed. Off the air. I don't want anybody to steal it. I'm not acclaimed. Sure you are. <laughs> That's news to everybody listening, including Hark. me. Khalees Smith has written a children's book called Sir Morian, perfect for your holiday gift-giving list. Uh-huh. Woohoo! Do you know what the troll means in there? It means to like go on Twitter and uh, <laughs> talk smack about people. 
We have three definitions for A, B, and C for the transitive verb troll to sing the parts of something such as a round or a catch in succession. B, That's to the sing one that loudly. I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't know that. And C, to celebrate in song. What was B? To sing loudly. Huh, that's so funny. Where do we get the little weird, you know, troll creature and also the, like, internet use of troll? I mean, trolls are not little giant. Yeah, sense progression in English is remarkable. It's crazy. The creature and the old, it comes from an old Norse word that referred to a giant or a demon. That's the cute, the cute troll. And then the not cute troll is related to the fishing troll and the other trolls. Yeah, Starship, we need to make it more pointy. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Because of the movie? Yeah. Well, I'm oh. sure there'll be plenty of that going on in 2024 on Let's the internet. Let's not encourage that sort of behavior, oh, yeah. except for the singing bit. Go out and sing more. Yeah, singing w- is good for you. That would be fun. Like yeah. Randy Rainbow is Light trolling. Randy Rainbow trolls and trolls at the same time. <laughs> Rudolph the Leaky Lawyer had a very slimy face. Let's do more singing trolling. Yes. Yes. How about Don We Now Our Gay Apparel? The best line in all of Christmas music. Come on. It's about wanting to dress in drag, which I think we need to do more of in 2024. Play with gender. It's a construct. Uh, but let's just put on good clothes. <laughs> yeah. Party clothes is what is what was probably intended by the person who wrote the song. Yes. We yes. did do a Christmas card in all drag and put Don We Now Our Gay Apparel on there, and it was great. But we um, were slightly selective as to who received that card. What's the opposite of Don? Do you know? Uh, dusk. Shuck. Doff. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. love Don yeah, and yeah. Doff. That's awesome. Don is really a... Con- <laughs> this This use of Don is a... It's just on and off con- with D in front. Don and Doff. I'm going to turn this light off. <laughs> oh, i got to turn it back Don. This Don is a contraction of do on. And Doff is a contraction of do off. So it really is just... <laughs> But you, yeah, you can don the light, you can doff the light if you want. That's, That's fun. That's so awesome. Yeah. This next word is a word that sometimes people will, in Have Yourself a, a Merry Little Christmas, once again, as in olden days, happy golden days of your. But there are some versions where people say yours instead, maybe not understanding, because the word your really is archaic. It means of the past. And the word is so much of the past that we don't use it in any other context. So it's it's really rather unfamiliar. Days of your, it's calling back to a distant time. It's not just calling back to my personal days of your, but maybe maybe culturally days of your. Tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago, to quote another Christmas song. Yes. Right. Uh, some of these carols, some of these songs were written a long time ago. This one was written during World War II. And the idea is, is all, the nostalgia is also related to the people who are missing those who are far away. I still stand by that is my absolute favorite Christmas song. It's just heart-wrenching, beautiful. Judy Garland origins, Meet Me in St. Louis. It's got such beautiful melodies. Absolutely love it. Are you going to yeah. use it when we talk about Christmas music too? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a ton of the, yeah, going through the different versions of the lyrics of that song, not even just the your part like we're talking about. There's many different versions of it. Like Frank Sinatra thought it was too depressing in its original form, so he changed it to the one that's more popular now. Really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. All right, I'll have to tune in. Mm-hmm. What about ye? Not not referring to a to a, a person, a certain celebrity. I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. This is the ye in hear ye, hear ye, and in O come all ye faithful and God rest ye merry gentlemen. It's the old version of you, isn't it? It is. Right. Yes. But it was originally only the plural you. Right. 
So yeah. it was it was specifically for referring to multiple people using the second person. Singular they is talk- older than singular you. We say this a lot when it comes to pronouns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to have thee and thou for singular and ye and you for plural. And then, you know, by the 1600s, you had taken over all of them. I so, have. I, I, did, I did not. No, no, no. The, the word you. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Now, the ye that we see in something like ye old candy shop is not the same ye. Do you I all believe, know about that one? I think I do. And I think only because we've had many conversations about language over the years. And that ye is like a mashup of the TH sound where it was. it's actually the. That's right. It is actually the. There you, there's a, a, a now obsolete letter, a runic letter that was called the thorn. And it looks like a P with a top part to it. So then why do we make it look like a Y now? Well, the thorn kind of looked like why people thought. Huh. That's, okay. At least we're not saying pee old candy shop, which pee is old, what would have happened. If pee old watering hole in Northampton. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right, the last one I have for you has no use in English aside from this one song, I think. Old Lang Syne, right? It's a phrase, three word phrase. It's just one song, one poem. You know what it means? Like days gone by? Old long ago or old long since, sure, days gone by, the good old times. Yeah. Old Lang Syne. And it's not even old. It's old, right? A-U-L-D? Well, yeah, but this is Scots, so. Oh, gotcha. So that's what it comes from. It's Scottish? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They get to do all kinds of things with English. Yeah, they're great. Or with Scottish. Well, thank you for a great year of words, Emily Brewster, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year to you. I look forward to talking to you in 2024. Yay! More words, more better. For a whole new year. Coming up, more nerdery. Khalees Smith's holiday gift-giving nerd watch on the way with some last-minute gift ideas for tabletop games. And we'll nerd out with you, the listeners, who've let us know where to find the best holiday lights in the 413. And up next, comic book nerds, Tim Blast and Mike LaRiccia, who have just authored and illustrated a new comic book called Planeta Blue that is both a dynamic superhero story and a cautionary tale for humanity and the environment. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. Tim Blessed is a socially conscious hip-hop artist that has been making relevant music with a message for over a decade. Born in Guinea-Bissau, West Africa to Cape Verdean parents, Tim has worked for over 18 years empowering youth. He is a graduate of UMass Amherst, majoring in legal studies and minoring in African-American studies and sociology. His music and message are about social justice, sustainability, and climate change, and are designed to inspire the audience towards positive change and global responsibility and he has just authored a new comic book called Planeta Blue. Mike LaRiccia is the illustrator of Planeta Blue. He's a graphic designer, illustrator, comic book artist, and writer, also a UMass Amherst alum. Received a BFA and MFA in printmaking. In 2005, he was a recipient of the Zarek Grant, an award for comic book self-publishers, and has published several titles, including one that I'm interested in, Gray Skull Grindhouse, which looks like it put the graphic in graphic novels <laughs> via the Masters of the Universe He-Man stories. Planeta Blue Rise of a Goo is a fantastic Afro-futuristic graphic novel adventure that tells the tale of New Bedford inner-city youth Laris, her brother Angel, Tome, and Tyler as they try to save humanity and animal kind from the apocalyptic plans of Xander, oil tycoon billionaire turned evil world conqueror. There's a little family connection there between those the sides 
of Good and Evil. Yeah. And I should also mention, this is not a single comic book. This is the first in... It looks like a, a longer series. This is just the first compilation of the first story arc. Yes, right, definitely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, we're Thank so you. happy to be here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, we're we're really excited where we're at with Planeta Blue. It's a dream come true. Uh, took a while to come out of this mine and onto the paper. <laughs> Five years to be exact. Uh, but really started as just. You know, with my kids, bedtime stories, and then just, you know, took on its own life. And, you know, here we are, you know, six, seven years later. (laughs) Finished (laughs) coffee. Seven years is about what I'm used to with books coming out that have illustration. Yes. (laughs) How did you two match up? How did you get together to work on this project? Yeah. Well, it's it's so serendipitous because we – I have a friend – uh, who uh, went to school with at UMass, and she knew I was writing this book. And so I had already written it, and I was looking for an artist. Um, and she knew an artist who happened to be her neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> she was my only neighbor. Let me just add that. I have one house next to me. Where, where do you live? Well, I, li- I live in Amherst now, but back then I was in Hadley, so uh-huh. I was right on the edge of the road. So it was the road, <laughs> woods, and one neighbor. So. Yeah. And it was funny because she's Destiny. like, this, uh, you know, this guy's an artist. He's amazing. And, you know, sometimes people say that and they're not always that amazing, right? So I was like, you got something that, you know, I could see? And they're like, oh, here's his website. I went on there and I was blown away because Mike's art is amazing, as, as you all could see in, on the book. And so we met up. And what was important, because I've been a music artist for a while, working with bands, used to having talented people around me, but not everyone is, is cool, right? Not everyone, you know, some people aren't that, that cool. They're talented, but not that cool. But Mike was the whole package. You know, his, his principles, his core values really aligned with me. And I was like, I hope this guy will agree to do this huge book <laughs> and, and, and draw it because, you know, uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, but it's got, you know, it's been published by Dark Horse Books, That's which a big, is a, that's really a big, big imprint. Yeah, imprint. Yeah, a lot so of excited. awesome stuff that uh, they've dumped the Buffy stuff is what I've read, or Avatar books, Last Airbender, all sorts of good stuff there. We're speaking with the author and illustrator of this new graphic novel, uh, which could be perfect for the holidays, Planeta Blue, Rise (laughs) of a Goo, Tem Blessed, and Michael LaRiccia. Tem, you said you uh, told this as kind of bedtime stories to your kids. Tell us what the story is about. We haven't really gotten into the the details about what the story's about. Yeah, so it's about these inner-city youth from New Bedford, where I grew up, who are just out there on a regular day, similar to my past life as a youth worker. And so the first few pages are taken right out of my life, working with these young people, and deals with Laris, Afro-Latina girl, her brother, Angel, and we probably all know an angel. They're not always angels, right? No. And sometimes they have a thousand eyes and feathers and craziness like they do in the Bible like we were just talking about. <laughs> nice. And so we just out there, they're just out there on a regular day just kind of doing what kids do, kind of, you know, razzing each other. And then all of a sudden this, you hear this sound and there's these planes going overhead and they're just dropping this toxic gas on everyone. And come to find out, because they're standing in, in the ocean, water, right? The water's life, we know this. And so th- they're not affected, but people on shore are. And before you know it, they look and they see what looks like fins, shark fins. And they're like, what's going on? They get knocked on the water. And it's this tribe of dolphins 
all tattooed up, glowing, and they've come to save these young people. And this is like the first seven pages yeah. of the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a long book. This is yeah. the build-up. So. Tip, tip yeah, top of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's just they, they get whisked away on this fantastic Afrofuturistic tale where they really have to fight for humanity, fight for animal kind against this oil tycoon billionaire, Xander turned evil world conqueror. Along the way, they get powers from animals, and they can talk to animals. And it's really a beautiful story of love, sacrifice, um, compassion. Um, and not to give it away, but it, it's supposed to be inspiring. So it's not a tragedy. So yeah. at the end of it, you're not going to feel sad. You're going to be empowered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's some surprises for sure. But, like, I loved how simultaneously you have, like, Chosen One as, like, archetype happening. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with Anya, uh, Angel, like, yeah, kind yeah. of a redemption mm-hmm. arc there, like, happening simultaneously with these two siblings. I was mentioning to Monty that, like, there's it, when you got siblings, often with little brother ones, there's always the little brother goes on a quest. Little brother messes up the quest. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has to deal with the fallout. Yeah. It's like, and when will you stop messing things up? Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of that, like to to good end in this. Like, yeah. like I mentioned, like there's a bit of a redemption with mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. and um, other characters that come into play. Um, I thought it was really interesting, like just on a base level, finding out about this book, making those parallels between uh, environment, animal conservation, and um, equity. Yeah. That it it comes right at the very beginning, frankly. But like, was that something that you always put into this story for your kids? Definitely, definitely. I mean, they know who I am. I've been an activist for years. My music has always been social justice driven and uh, socially conscious hip-hop, if you will. And so they they knew that this is what's important to me. You know, I look at the world like most people, and we're like, we got to do something about it, right? I've I'm, I'm never been one of those people just to trust, <laughs> you know, in our leadership. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're like, you got, well, you know, they, they got to do their job, but I'm going to do my job too. I got to do my job. And so it was really interesting to see that I, I set out just to make this a, a fun story especially when i was telling it at bedtimes it's just like to entertain them but they they stayed awake they weren't falling asleep <laughs> which, which wasn't the, the best idea but but they were really engaged in it and then and it just kind of told itself you know i really felt like i was i was tapped in i was plugged in and this story because i wanted to go back to the music it kept like knocking on my head like you got to finish the story it's important and then the environmental thing just came into it because it just was what was necessary, I felt, to be told. And I'm, I'm glad it came, it came out that way. <laughs> We're speaking with Tim Bless, the author, and Michael Ariccia, the illustrator of Planeta Blue, Rise of a Goo, a new graphic novel. How old are your kids now, Tim? And, oh, what, and what do they think about this bedtime story when you look at it in this glorious, you know, soft-bound but glossy, beautiful, illustrated graphic novel published by a major comic book publisher? Yeah, and, and the smell is so good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Smell yeah. Take a Can sniff. you smell at home, listener? Uh, smell. Yeah, smell, good. <laughs> good smell the colors. So I Wait, have a, no. a wide range, right? So my youngest is five. 
I got a 13-year-old, a 22- and a 24-year-old. And so <laughs> and so they all love it. What's, what's awesome is I've been able to take certain parts of, of their lives also. Um, one of my son's name, his name is Rasta, and there's a character called Pumra in it. <laughs> and so I wanted to put that in there, you know, just as a nod to him. And I'm doing an audio book, and I'm like, I want oh. you to voice this. He's like, no, Dad, I can't do it. But he has such a great voice and such a cool kid that I'm like, you got to do this part. And you know what I mean? But they, they love it, and it's and it's great to see their reaction, and, and especially Rasta, because I had him read it. I was like, I want you to read it. You know, he had a book report assignment. And, you know, like a lot of kids, some kids love it. They just tear it up. They read through it. They're like, this is amazing. When's part two coming through? He was like a little bit more hesitant. He read through it, and I was like, what did you think? He's like, mm, actually... It was pretty good. <laughs> you know, like, That's about the highest praise you can get yeah, from the no. kids. You know, so much emotion. It was yeah, fine. Kid that age. And well, then he said, I would love to see it as a movie. He's like, I could see it as a movie. I was like, yes. The that, whole that time was I was thinking like the, the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Not that the drawings aren't enough. Yeah, uh, they are. No, I mean, that's when I make the book. I'm imagining it as I'm a cameraman. It's setting perfect. up the shots for a movie. That's and, sort of how, how it goes for me. And you did amazing with that. We're going to talk more about the illustrations in just a minute. We're speaking with Tim Blast and Michael Lariccia, author and illustrator of Planeta Blue, Rise of a Goo, a new incredible graphic novel made by these two local cats. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on NEPM. The Fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, helping customers make the switch to solar for savings, energy security, and tax incentives. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. I'm Monty Belmonte. And I'm Khalees Smith. And we are speaking with the author, Tim Blest, and illustrator, Michael Lariccia of Planeta Blue, Rise of a Goo, a new graphic novel about a group of inner city youth suddenly gaining the ability to speak with animals and using that power to save the world. And we've talked a lot about the story here, and I want to talk about the illustrations here. Uh, Michael Riccia, you're not used to being in the public eye like this, so this is your, <laughs> That's right. your first time on the radio. Second public mm-hmm. appearance in this I, sort of I know. capacity. I'm loving it. Right on. And you're on stage for the first time. Yesterday, yesterday. yeah. yeah. And it was funny because, you know, Tem's an amazing performer, and I actually, he doesn't know this, but I look to him for sort of strength when I'm coming out and like being in public and stuff when I get out of my cave, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not leaning over, uh, you know, a drawing tablet. But he was performing, we were performing for some, um, a uh, theater arts performing school in New York. and The Bronx. Yeah, he comes right. out and he yeah, just does, yeah. you know, he hypes everybody up. And at the last, <laughs> last song, he's like, yo, Mike, maybe you should be on stage and you can be like the hype person. And like, I'm, I don't even know the song you're going to sing. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, just kind of like. Put your hands up. But what's funny is like, I love hip hop. And in, in my UMass days, UMass Amherst days, I used to record with my friends in my room and we would like, you know, have a little cypher going. So I always had that fantasy of being on stage. But I went up there and I don't know if it was embarrassing, but I enjoyed it. And the kids seemed to like it. And, you know, Tem, Tem didn't seem embarrassed either. So I think that was I a win. Loved it. Yeah, nobody was embarrassed. You, you succeeded. Good job. Yeah, no, yeah, everybody so. had a good time. Feeling yeah. good. Yes. So Indeed. talk about your your illustrations here. How are you, are you, you know, drawing and then mm-hmm. painting? Are you gr- doing it digitally? Tell us how the process works a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. So this was a, an amazing um, book to work on just to say because there's so many cool visual things that happen in it that are unusual the the actual technical way i'm working on this book is it's all digital so it's all on a um cintiq tablet um that goes you know on photoshop i'm using photoshop to do all the 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 um the coloring and the inking and stuff like that which lends itself to a quicker 
uh, production time. So because right. I did this book in a year, so Whoa. we did a kick. It's like two hundred and sixty-eight pages. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> looking at like single issues and what the yeah. single issues look like, and that's like eight issues. Yeah, that's no, we 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 talked about dividing it up, but we're like we're gonna, you know, we started this as a crowdfunder for the initial printing of the book, which now it's printed by Dark Horse, but but. We wanted to commit to this the, his story that he had written and mm-hmm. just like, let's just put it all into it. And so working digitally works really well, especially because it was remote during the pandemic. So I could just go back and forth with Tim. So, right. um, so yeah. How far along was the story when you came in? I was finished. Oh, it was done. Yeah. Doc. So he gave me a hundred page yeah. manuscript. Oh, wow. It's, and, and Did I was, any of it change while you were working at it? No. Well, I mean, there were small details that we'd go in because after he would see it visually, because in the in the the manuscript, he'd have to describe things. Whereas I was like visually just embedded in the story and say, hey, you know, if they're walking up to this this beach with all of these bodies or something, (laughs) wouldn't there be like all these animals flying around and stuff like that? You know, so so because I was sort of engaging the content visually, it brought this really great partnership of now he's returning to it. And saying, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't have to think of it that way because, you know, that how I originally wrote it. So it was a great, you know, it's great working with him because he really let me be artistically free and how, you know, I went with the material. So and it really does yeah. pop on the page. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah, Khalees and I were both looking at it digitally earlier. But then when mm-hmm. you arrived in the studio today, we got a, a hard copy of the book and it's it. It's night and day. It's designed yeah. to be read like this in a yes. book form. I always push the physical copy yes. because, because the artist has control over the scale of the medium, right? It, so yeah. there's an intention of, I want you to read it at this scale. I want you to, to, to pace yourself through it in a certain way with like double page spreads, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm always pushing for that if people can get the physical copy. So The book is called Planeta Blue, Rise of a Goo. It's by Tim Blessed and Michael Ariccia. Uh, b- before Khalees asks another question, I, <laughs> I want to know whose decision was it to put one of the lead characters in a Wu Tang clan shirt. Yeah, Wu Tang forever. <laughs> Mine, yeah. <laughs> whose uh, whose idea was it to put somebody in like a Bruce Lee esque jumpsuit at the end, and then make sweatshirts that have the stuff? This is on. all Tim. This let's is his go, genius. When go. I saw the real pictures of you in these <laughs> yeah. yellow yeah. and black Bruce Lee style sweatshirts, I was like, I can kind of figure oh, out. Man. I got to get we, one of those. We are water. You be water, my friend. As yes. Bruce Lee said, that's you know, I'm a kung fu fan, Wu Tang. Fan to the day I die. I even crowd surfed at a Wu Tang concert oh my in God. Providence one time. Got thrown on stage. Capadonna looked like he wanted to fight me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, so I'm I'm a Wu Tang head. No, children. Like, we ain't fighting here. I'm, I'm with you guys, you know. And um, one must t- protect their neck like, while they're yeah. They were protecting the neck for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in your camp. This was not on purpose. Yes, not on purpose at all. I'm doing the this because I love yeah. you. Yeah. 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 We're going to talk more about kung fu movies. And our second guest ever on this show uh, was Jizza. So that's oh, kind of yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oh, no, no, no. Good no. company. Yes. I, Give me a sec. Okay, I want to hear more about the... Um, so this really is a cautionary tale. I mean, so many of yes. the things that happen in this, the uh, billionaire, uh, mm-hmm. rogue actor, yeah. the fact that we're on the cusp of nuclear war in reality, and the, the environmental disaster that we are facing day in and day out. What's the reaction, Ben, especially from young people when they read this? Are they getting the idea that you're basically saying in this, hey, you kids, yeah. you got to fix this for us. <laughs> yeah, it's up to you. It was so great because being in, in the yeah. Bronx, the birthplace of hip hop, we're celebrating 50 years, to have these young people ask that question, like, "What's why are you doing this? And I'm like, I want 
the 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 point is not that I'm going to change the world, but ideally it sparks, right? Just like Pac said, right? I won't. I'm not the one that's going to, you know, start the revolution, if you will, right? In quotations, <laughs> um, but I will be. I, I I promise this will ignite the mind that will, you know. And so the uh, the plan is that this book right here ignites the mind of these young people to say like, yes, I, I can do it. Just like these characters in here who had against all odds to step up in some kind of imaginary fantastic tale. But as you mentioned, like this, like the nu- the threat of nuclear war here. Um, and I in- intentionally put that in there so that people could feel that, you know, as, as, a, as a child growing up in the 80s, that was always like in the back of my mind. And you know, as a real fear. And it's like, how do we strive towards world peace? How do we get to a place where we're thinking about the planet holistically, you know, not just for human beings, but yeah, the animals too, and how we're all interconnected, you know, whether it's the bees or the trees, like I am the bee, pollinate truth if you choose to see, pollinate the youth to truly be free, (laughs) pollinate love, let's all agree, I am the bee. So they get it. These kids get it. They know the world they're living in. They just don't know how, like, how are we going to do this? And it's like, well, y'all bet, y'all got to do it. You know, y'all are the ones that give us hope. And so um, they are getting it. They're excited about it. The main character, Laris, was based off of one of my students. And I was like, could this character really do that? Like stand at, at you know, in the halls of Atlantis and give this impassioned speech that vibrates the water and speaks with truth. And I'm like, Jay Lee could. I believe Jay Lee could. And so she's actually voicing the audiobook too, so which is so great. I'm so excited about that. So that's what gives me strength to say like this. This work is grounded in reality and something that's happening, but also the magic that is the world that we still live in. There's magic all around us. So can I just, can I add one more thing yeah, to what yeah. you said? I think one of the the great things about his story is that I feel like with our generation, the idea of like climate change was this sort of like slow burn, like we got to get ready f- ready for this. You know, like it's coming. And but we're like 40-ish re- is what we're talking about, I know, about, yeah. Right? yeah. But not with, realizing it was already Yeah, yeah it's here, like, well, we it's coming. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. Gen Xers. Let's start getting, let's start thinking about it. But with his book, it's like, it's now. Yeah. And now we got to deal with it. And I think kids of that generation, they're like, wait a minute, we're, we're in an existential crisis right now. Like it's happening now. And so that's what I love about the book is I think kids would be like, you know, people are just anxious about what's going on in the world. And the book empowers youth to be like, look, there is a lot of influence you have when you get together about a main cause like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that really comes across with the story. You know, for me, that's what I kind of pulled out of it. Nice. I was working on it. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk about that audiobook in a second. <laughs> yes. For sure. But right. I had a question about like writing this and, and the animal characters, especially because like there's this whole society of them coming together and basically talking about it's like, did you see what they all, y'all, those yeah. two kids <laughs> did to like these, my friends? But were you ever worried with the voicing of the animals that you were making them too human in the way that they interacted with your main characters? Yeah, yeah, there, there definitely was a concern about that. Um, I just really wanted to lean into this idea that the animals are aware, mm-hmm. right? Because when I look at a, a dog or a cat or a horse or any any animal, really, I feel like there's something staring back at me, right? There's a consciousness, there's an awareness. Um, you know, the fact that I go out and these animals are scattering because they're afraid of humans right uh, they even did like a study that you know um uh i think it was like uh sheep or something there was certain animal that are, you know that eat her- herbivores they played them um, uh, a lion's roar and then they played the human 
talking and they were more frightened by the human speaking than than they were by the by the Who's line the human which, yeah. 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 yeah i did everything right and they indicted me i knew it was coming yeah. and the i couldn't wolf. stop it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's two of oh, them. I know, I know. We're Italians. We can't help yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Well, well, well. Always stuck with me because I'm a sci-fi guy, right? So mm. I'm like, if if we were to go, you know, Elon Musk, let's go to Mars. If we went to Mars, right, and found any of these animals that are here on Earth, there, we would spend so much time like trying to talk to them and understand them. Probably just take their land and kill them. <laughs> but we do have not at first, though. Yeah. <laughs> not at first. Not at first. I'm just trying to talk to them. But we have all these animals here. We got a beautiful ecosystem, right? That we can take like care of and be stewards for. Why don't we just do that? And so I, I really wanted to imagine, like, what would an eagle, right, named Harriet, a bald eagle named Harriet Tubman, based off the Harriet Tubman, what would she say, you know, in her infinite wisdom? Um, and I felt like uh, they would say some really powerful things. And what was fun in writing it was I had these, like, some of them had, like, a southern drawl. <laughs> some sounded very South African. So I can't, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, the other iterations of the book. And I hope that the readers, when they're reading, are creating these voices, um, you know, in their heads as they're reading it, too. So are you in the middle of taping this yes. this audiobook? You're still casting it. It's still yep. still coming together. Ooh. Yes. That's wicked cool. Especially cuz I th- feel like comic books really lend themselves to this medium. I, it's I almost all it's almost entirely speech bubbles, just people talking yes. and then like action scenes that can easily be described. But like were you always imagining like people speaking this into into the existence too? I I was imagining it being a film from mm. from jump, you know. I didn't not in a live action film. I don't know. Was, I think it was like per Jackson that came out I was like that's really interesting and but then like the Jungle Book uh, movie I was like oh they could actually make these things you know these animals look like really animals and they're not like singing and dancing and you know on their you know on two feet <laughs> they're actually on four feet doing this and um, and I was like yeah this could happen and then what I started doing was you know with with the first iteration of this and people would be like oh could you come and do like a book signing would you read and I'm like I don't want to read I want these voices to be the youth and so we'd always get some young people and even yesterday at the Bronx we had some of these talented youth some of them that who are actors go up there and act this out and they had some background you know sounds and the sound going through and the sound effects like that. that's great cool. it was amazing so I can't wait for that to come out next year so next year that's Dropping. That nice. uh, we can't wait to hear it. We'll have you back on again, maybe, yes. and then you can narrate the or something like that. <laughs> I'll do Mike, whatever. Who's I'm the illustrator? <laughs> Tim Blessed, who's the author of Planeta Blue, a new graphic novel that is unbelievable—a cautionary tale, a superhero tale, an environmental tale, a racial justice tale, a lot yes. of history, a lot of background information on the names of the characters in the back. Beautifully illustrated by Michael LaRiccia, both of whom reside here in the fabulous 413. And again, like the beginning of a longer journey. This is book one. Yeah. There's more coming. Yeah, I think it's exciting. The story keeps going. We're going to nerd out a little bit more. Khalees is going to give us some board game recommendations, but since you, Mike, have worked on a board game, you want to hang out and talk with us still more about Khalees' board game nerd recommendations? Absolutely. All right, that's coming up next on the fabulous 413.
<laughs> Welcome back to the fabulous 413. Khalees Smith is a total nerd. And Giant we used to nerd. do a segment on my Raised old show nerds. called Nerd Watch, where we would talk about nerdy things that are going on and or available. And since it's a holiday gift giving season, you may have a nerd on your list like my children <laughs> who like to play games. And so Khalees has some Nerd Watch board game recommendations for you, for gifts, or for whatever. Yeah, and I have them in kind of like different categories, like small ones. I have a good co-op that will help with your quarterbacking problem if, in case you're not into co-ops because people try to tell you what to do on your turn. So co-op games, you're not trying to win. You're trying to work together, but kind of somebody In order needs, to win. Yeah. But the like team, sometimes sometimes yeah, right. someone thinks that they're in charge of the team, and this is a game where you can't do that. Um, actually, let's start there. So the game is Intrepid, and the game works like this. You are scientists of various countries on the space station, and you have to work together to make sure that you a survive b finish maybe your research despite that like you know there's sometimes asteroids coming through and like other terrible things happening like you may be running out of air so like you have this dice pool that you need in order to do certain actions and you as like an individual it's asymmetric so everybody's got different abilities you can manipulate your dice in a certain way but, like, you need your teammates' dice to do things for you, too, because you have a limited supply, they have a limited supply, but we all need to survive on this space station. So it really means that, like, you have to be aware of what you have, what you need, and they have to ask you for things that they can get from you and your help. And you really cannot just dictate what the team does, because if y'all ain't working together, no one's getting off of this thing. Is it timed? Is it like it's not timed, time? which is really good, yeah. because, no, we would all die. But um, <laughs> it is it does really force you to work like to think differently about how your dice work like what your how your mechanics can dovetail with your teammates and it's just really really well done it's I called love, intrepid and call it intrepid it's like a science you oh, know yeah. it's basically solving a problem you yeah. know not not like attacking somebody yeah. you're trying to yeah. <laughs> I like that International Space Station movie that's coming out. That yeah, looks, I, yeah, it makes, it makes me, me nervous to watch it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> What's your next holiday uh, or just any time board game recommendation? Uh, so the next one, and I think I've recommended it on Nerdwatch before, but it is just a really great easy one to pull out at any time. It's Red 7. You can find this in a lot of places. It's a card game. There are seven colors and seven numbers. A uh, combination of those will be in your hand. And the only rule is that you have to be winning at the end of your turn. But the cards all change the rules, and you're looking for the best combination of things to have in, in your tableau. So, like, you'll play things out in front of you and, and change the rule, or just play something so that you're winning by whatever rule is there, or you'll just change the rule so that whatever you have in front of you makes you win. And you go until somebody can't win anymore. <laughs> and that's the whole game. It's really fast. Like the rounds are about like 10 minutes nice. and it's like easy and quick and done. I like fast games. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> my son, my son, Michael, he, he can only handle a certain time frame. So we try to find fast games that we can go through. <laughs> okay, then yeah, I've got so a Red recommendation. Seven is the one to do. Okay. I've got an even better recommendation okay. for you. This game is called Chicken and it is my favorite dumb thing to just bring out because it's piles of fun. The rounds are five minutes and the rules are real easy. You're just trying to hatch chickens. You have these dice and you roll them. They show either a blank face, a chicken, an egg, or a wolf. And you're trying not to max out on your wolves because they'll eat your chickens, of course. And of course. <laughs> um, you play, like, chickens are points. Eggs get you more dice. Mm. So eventually you could be playing, trying to roll, like, not a whole bunch of wolves on 12 dice. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what happens, you can stop at any point 
um, during your turn when you think that you've gotten as many points as you feel safe to have. And then all the dice you have, you pass on to the next player. they got to start with that. I feel like you um, give the directions better than the actual yeah, directions. I feel like I can just play to, this don't game Don't try now. to read the directions. Just ask Khalees <laughs> to explain yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also, like, for the game night that I will be going to this evening Where? at the, at the yeah. Brass Cat in East Hampton every other week, start playing games, does their games there. But one thing that we've, we've always mentioned is that, like, if you can't explain the rules in about, like, 10 to 15 minutes or less, then either something's wrong with the rule system or like you probably should go back and get a little more comfortable with it. So for these where I'm I'm pretty comfortable with like how how they work, mm. it's easy enough to explain. Plus like spreading around the love of games means that there's one more person I can invite to my house when I'm short a player. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do one more game? Since we probably don't have time to do the holiday lights for everybody that I emailed today saying we were talk about what your favorite holiday lights are, I said if we don't run out of time, which we basically have. <laughs> Um, well, I'll I'll mention a series that's actually that has a bunch of really good entries. Um, not so good for people with small kids in their house, but the Tiny Epic series is pretty great and has I think they're up to like fifteen or sixteen entries now. The latest of which are um, Tiny Epic Vikings and Tiny Epic Crimes. Um, some of them are co-op, some of them are not. They all have very solid mechanics. All play in about like thirty to forty minutes. Different themes like there's a Tiny Epic Dinosaurs, there's a Tiny Epic Quest for mm-hmm. Those who want to go on a dungeon crawl, like there's Tiny Epic Western, and like all of them are really fun. And the box is maybe about like six by four, fits right in a bag, like very, very easy to pick up, easy to teach, easy to play. The Tiny Epic series, Chicken, Red Seven, and Intrepid, Cleese Smith's Nerd Watch board game recommendations. There's a board game event tonight at the Brass Cat. Indeed, you will see me there. And East Hampton and Khalees Smith will be there. I have there. a bag of games in my car right now, but there's always a bag of games in my car. Like, literally, I have a problem. And thanks for continuing to hang out with us, Michael Lariccia and Tim Blest, the authors of Planeta Blue, another awesome nerd gift, this incredible new graphic novel. Indeed. Pick it up from someplace local and support like both local artists and your local bookstores. Yeah. Hey. Thank you so much. No problem. Thursday on the Fabulous 413, we will have shameless plugs. But not entirely shameless. Khalees' band, The Soul Magnets, is opening up for Mystic Bowie next week. We're speaking with the reggae legend Mystic Bowie, who'll be playing one of the last shows at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. His story is amazing. We'll also hear from two of the local musicians who are playing with him, Dan Thomas and Jay Metcalf. Plus our weekly chat with U.S. Congressman Jim McGovern, Got one last question for him in the last McGoverning with McGovern of the year? Email us, thefab413 at nepm.org. Plus, we'll get into our favorite holiday songs, talk about the lights finally, and maybe some more holiday favorites. You never know. You never know. I'm Monty Belmonte. I'm Khalees Smith. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Fabulous 413.